Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic and host of Bachelor Nation News, coming to you from a very sunny Seattle. I'm in the Pacific Northwest for my stand-up show tonight at Capitol Hill Comedy Bar. We're going to sell this puppy out. Still tickets available if you want to come. going to be a good time out there. But I got all your Bachelor news in one place with some other entertainment content for you. A jam-packed schedule to get to today. I've got the mobile studio set up, but we are ready to crank it out. Let's get it started. It's Bachelor Rush Hour. Alrighty then, and hello to all of our new Seattle listeners. That's right, some power listeners out there. Uh, as of this moment, as I'm recording today's podcast, it appears we are live on the Pacific Northwest only daytime talk show. And uh, we just recorded this, uh, geez, only an hour ago. Uh, but it's called New Day Northwest. It's uh, hosted by a lovely lady named Amity, and it's Western Washington's only morning talk show. I'm hopefully going to get some clips to share with with the non-Seattle audience, but we talked about uh, pumpkin spice lattes and uh, a bunch of other fun things like the Golden Bachelor. Had a ton of fun with them over there. Shout out to Rebecca, the producer who put me on the show, and Terry was uh, my co-panelist. Nice people all around. Had a fantastic time. I'm just loving my time here in Seattle. We, uh, I took a scooter. I took an e-scooter back to my hotel. I raced home after going to the daytime talk show and, um, of course, tried to ride a scooter with a pumpkin spice latte in one hand. So now the pumpkin spice latte is all over um, the scooter because one pothole and you are covered in nutmeg. And isn't that one way to start the fall season, folks? All right, we got to get into it. So much to cover today. Uh, our featured clip of the day is going to be Tino being interviewed by Courtney Robertson. Of course, she, uh, the, a former villain, greatest villain of all time, has a lot of insight into the world of a negative edit. And Tino, of course, does as well. So we're going to hear what he has to say about Rachel Recchia. It's his first time opening up and saying, hey, we actually weren't really dating when I kissed the other person. Uh, so if you thought he was a cheater, maybe there's a little bit more of a gray area there. So we're going to get into that. But first, Hannah Godwin and Dylan Barbour, am I pronouncing that right? Hannah and Dylan are married inside the dreamlike wedding at a French chateau. Now I'm going to have this story on the YouTube because it's hard for me to wax poetic about a French wedding without showing you the visuals. But of course, People has the exclusive photos. The Bachelor in Paradise star exchanged vows during a week-long wedding extravaganza. It's hard to put into words how magical this is for us, says Godwin. Boy, somebody hit the lottery because this does not look like a cheap wedding for all involved. I'm happy I got married in the fall because if my wife saw this, she would think our wedding was chopped liver. Wedding bells are ringing for Hannah and Dylan. It was a week-long ceremony in Condécor, France, in front of 145 friends. Who knows? I don't even have, I don't know 10 friends that would show up, never mind 145. She said, I honestly did not expect the wedding to be this dreamlike. I can't wait to spend every moment appreciating our life and celebrating such a huge life moment with Hannah and my family. Oh, that's what Dylan said. So it was a who's who of Bachelor audience members over there. I, like I said, again, I'll have the featured story over on the YouTube channel, uh, but just wonderful stuff over there. And in other news, we've got some non-Bachelor content to get to. Chrissy Teigen uh, designed a 
cart, I guess you would call it, a baby wagon, and fans, angry customers are review bombing the new wagon collaboration. It looks like, really, it's just like a pink wagon that looks like it's made out of like plumber's PVC piping. She's got four young kiddos of her own, so her latest collab on a wagon with Wonderfold would seemingly be a hit, but that's not how customers are seeing it. Review bombing the product's online page. I guess the problem people have is that it costs a thousand dollars. It looks so gaudy. Oh my god! How do you get your kids around though? You know, that's there's there's innovations left and right. I, I like the I like the strollers that also have like a, a standing platform for like an older kid. Just you know, strap a bunch of kids to the stroller and scoot them along because Jeffrey can't keep up the pace when you got somewhere to be. That's my biggest fear if I have kids is like how do you get them places? <laughs> you know what I mean? You got some kid they're like a they're like an octopus when you try to put them in a car seat. You know what I mean? Uh, but I'll tell you this: everything's gonna be velcroed. I'm not doing any laces, none of that. Just straight. And although I guess if you do Velcro, Velcro is the loudest um, uh, tool used to hold things together. So if your kid's sleeping, you, you can't get them out of the Velcro. Oh, all the issues, all of the issues. And you might remember this story we covered the other day. Drew Barrymore was doing a panel in New York City, an interview, and a crazed fan, I guess a stalker, came up to her and was like, hey, I know you, I know you. And, he, and, and it was all caught on tape. We shared it here with you guys. Well, an update to this horrifying story. Crazed fan returns, gets arrested, went to her Hamptons home. So the first the first report we had was that the fan showed up and they kind of kicked him out but because he didn't stick around they probably didn't have any real merit to to arrest him well uh, this is why you know this is why you need protection as a celebrity how horrifying drew barrymore can't seem to get away from an alleged stalker because the dude popped up at her southampton estate days after freaking her out at in a new york city at at a new york city um uh meet and greet but this time cops busted him law enforcement sources confirmed to tmz there is an ongoing investigation into chad michael busto show uh, whenever someone's got three names they're trouble right folks showed up in uninvited Wednesday at Drew's Hamptons Farm. What does she owe him money? Did he? Did she not Venmo him for you know dinner one time? What's the what is the gripe? According to the New York Post, which first reported the story, Bousteau went house to house in search of Drew's six million dollar property. After he found it, Bousteau walked onto some steps outside before police took him into custody. Drew was was apparently not home at the time. The scary incident comes two days after Bousteau struck fear into Drew as she was interviewing singer actress Renee Rapp at the ninety two New York in. Manhattan. Bousteau, who was in the packed crowd, ran up to the stage and screamed at Drew, you know who I am. I need to see you at some point. Uh, Video shows security guards quickly responding. So real sad and scary stuff there. Hopefully this guy gets the help he needs. But uh, also for Drew, hopefully she's got the team in place to keep her secure. You know, these are just issues you don't think about in the celebrity world. And in another celebrity story, uh, Britney Spears shelling out $10,000 per month for Sam's new apartment. Boy, you you marry a pop star, you get the lavish life. Sam Asgari backed up his belongings and left Britney Spears, but that doesn't mean he has to foot his own bill for his new living quarters. Britney's the one picking up the tab, TMZ has learned. Sources connected to the estranged pair tell us Britney's paying $10,000 a month for Sam's new pad in one of the most high-end apartment buildings in Los Angeles. We're told 10K is the cost of a standard unit in the high-rise, but Sam was able to work out a deal for a better apartment at the base price. 
oh yeah, could you imagine that? He's like, you know, I'm not to name drop, but I'm divorcing Britney Spears. So let's get some promo. That's an influencer, uh, you know, opportunity right there for him. All right. Well, speaking of influencer opportunities, today's Bachelor Rush Hour podcast is sponsored by Microdose Gummies, an incredible entry-level dose of THC that helps you feel just the right amount of good. Microdosing can help curb your anxiety and it keeps my creative mind feeling relaxed all day long. You know, I'm in Seattle for work and I tell you what, one of the best ways to get some sleep in a hotel room is with microdosing and edible. I can't tell you. They, they never have the right pillow I want. My neck's all banged up from the flight. A little microdose helps you feel great through the night. You don't wake up with any lag or hangover. And if you want to learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code RUSHHOUR to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. Again, microdose.com, code RUSHHOUR. And of course, after tonight's show, you know, I'm not going to get off stage till 1030 or whatever tonight. I'm going to hang out with some people and then, you know, I'm going to get back to my hotel. I'm going to feel wired and I'm going to need to go to bed. And what I'm going to do is have a nice little micro dose. They, they come in different strains, right? Indica, Sativa. Sativa is like for focus. It's more in the head. And then Indica, it's like, you know, they, they say in the couch, right? It's the idea where you're going to melt into the couch. And I tell you what, that will be happening to me tonight. No doubt about it. Well, should we jump right into it? We're going to get into this featured story here. You know, I met Tino a few nights back when I had my show in Huntington Beach. He came to my stand-up show, and I got to tell you, we talked a little bit about his relationship with Rachel Recchia, things he hasn't quite said on air yet. He's going to join us on Driving with Dave. We're going to talk it out. We're going to hear more of his side of the story. When he broke up with Rachel Recchia, he says it felt like... Uh, a public shaming, a crucifixion. He said, that's just how it felt. Not to say he didn't do anything wrong, but he says, I don't even know if I was dating her when I kissed this other person. So is it revisionary history or is he looking back on it saying, you know, in order for me to take the high road and protect Rachel, I actually was the one who got railroaded here. And was there more of a gray area? I tell you what, rather than speculate, let's just listen to what he has to say about it. I'm going to play the full clip that I had on my YouTube channel today. You can go listen to the full episode after reality with Courtney Robertson. Uh, it's wherever you listen to podcasts and you can go listen to everything he had to say. I can only share a little bit of it with you, but I totally recommend. I love the angle that Courtney Robertson's taking by, uh, you know, uh, by uh, uh, talking to the villains. And I hate that you have to have a whole year between seasons before we're okay talking about the villains. You know, we get so angry as an audience, like, no, 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 so-and-so did something wrong. And it's like, well, there's, there's no necessarily ultimately evil and ultimately good, right? So maybe he didn't do everything right, but hearing his story can help all of us grow in a little, in a way. I mean, he's been in therapy all year long. It doesn't make you an apologist just to hear him out. So we're going to hear what he has to say after a quick word from our sponsors. Okay, we are back. And without further ado, here's Tino on Courtney Robertson's podcast, sharing his side of what went down. Have a listen mostly unpack that one to where it doesn't bother me anymore but that got in my head really bad and it was definitely during the happy couples and it hit its climax like right as the show started airing oh wow and but i think before then i was less aware but she probably did realize oh wow like this guy is very different than me he has a lot of different hobbies and you know doesn't want to do x y and z and wants to work and do this and live here and i think like it definitely in hindsight certain stuff kind of reveals itself that oh man like me and this person 
have sexual chemistry. We can make each other laugh, but like a perfect day for each of us looks completely different. That's interesting. Wow. And it's, it's little stuff like that, that I think added up and probably the going pressure and media attention of being a lead probably just got her out of the headspace of being really into me and with me already struggling with the timeline, the unlovable stuff and all these other things, which totally aren't her problem. You know, it just kind of created an implosion, I think in my own confidence in the relationship. And at at a certain point it was, I think I pretty much convinced myself we weren't in one or the rules of one kind of didn't apply. Yeah. Now it's important to realize Tino's giving us a look at his headspace in the moment. So when he says the rules didn't apply, that's not an excuse so much as him saying, I just felt like that we weren't even together anymore. Now, what could happen that could lead someone to feeling like they weren't together anymore? Is that something a cheater says afterwards? Oh, we weren't even dating. Or was it an interesting and unique scenario where they actually did stop dating and they weren't allowed to be out in public? So their breakup, uh, and, you know, what the hell could have gone down there. And I really do feel like we're piecing it all together because I think Tino's doing a good job of not completely throwing Rachel under the bus here. But he's saying, well, I had all these hobbies and things, and he's kind of making it seem like she wanted his full attention. And as I've always hypothesized, it feels like the weight of the show was crippling her. These are just my thoughts. And because of that, he became... Uh, less a partner and more a therapy tool. These are just my thoughts, guys. Because uh, right now it's like fan fiction until we get all sides. Feelings that grow and possibilities that grow. So I think... Actually, let's go to the 30-minute mark here. We're going to go to the 30-minute mark here and then hear what he has to say. The whole scene where he takes his shirt off and where they're fighting at the safe, at the happy house visit, where they had their official, official breakup, this is where things really, really get off the rails. Conversations where he couldn't get a word in or he wanted to be very accurate with what he what was going on. You know, like that, are you that yeah. type of person? Is that is that why you brought yeah, the journal? I'm- I'm really forgetful, so a lot of the time I have journals in general. Um, there you have it, people. My, my therapist was telling So these are the journals, the journal that he brought to the um, to the show where he essentially got gets dumped. He was trying to read excerpts from his journal, and this is like, he, as he said, it blew up in his face. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, he's trying to like provide receipts or this or that, when in fact he was just trying to you know, have a coping mechanism to a tough conversation so he remembered what he wanted to say. Telling me like kind of write down bad thoughts so they escape your head Mm. um so like when when something that would like pressure you know like hit a nerve or hurt my feelings like i'd write it down so i'd stop thinking about it and it wasn't like so much that i wanted to bring receipts of like oh you did shitty things to me it was more just and she took it that way yeah but that i mean again if i knew that's how that was going to come off i wouldn't have brought it but I also think I kind of walked into a no-win situation on that one anyways. But, yeah, I mean, the journal was just more so, like, I just wanted to be like, hey, you know, like, 
this is my recollection because I was asked repeatedly, why did this happen? Why did this happen? And I'm like, look, like, I don't want to ramble. I ramble. I forget things all the time. I was just, I just wanted to kind of be like, look, here were the things that I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that I was hearing that I interpreted whatever imagined at this point, who knows. And this got me to a really dark place. And that's why I did what I did. Wow. Well, I, I really felt for you <laughs> that moment. And I'm thankful that they never recorded any of our happy couples or posts, stuff like that. So we have to talk about the famous scene when you're filming after the season and you go outside, you rip your shirt off, the cameras come and find you and you've taken your mic off. The look on your face was priceless. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I just have to talk about it. My girlfriend and I watch and we always dish about it. And she's like, oh, my God, that guy is so hot. <laughs> so I feel like that was probably a really long conversation. I mean, we only got to see a fraction of it. Uh, but what was making you so like, I just got to get out of here? Was there anything that you can recall? Because it kind of as a viewer watching it, I'm like, what am I missing here? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of my decisions during that breakup scene were kind of driven by being in this big whirlwind of oh my gosh I just effed up you know an engagement oh my god I love her this sucks she's so upset like is she gonna break it off does she actually want to work on it and I had friends who were encouraging me and being like if you don't go and try to fix it and give it your all you're going to regret it forever because you... But little did their friend, did his friends know he was going to be walking into a, uh, <laughs> a lion's nest here. Uh, is that the right term? Uh, you know, when he shows up and realizes that there wasn't going to be any sort of good faith conversation to get the relationship back in order. So as he describes in the podcast, people said, how, how could he cheat and then just expect to get back together? As he describes, he doesn't feel like they were back together he, he feels like through their communication, she had made it seem like they were broken up, but it was his fault for not doing a better job of understanding that boundary and saying, so we're going to date different people. So they never had the, so we're going to date different people conversation, which leads to the whole, you know, friends Ross scenario where we were on a break. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean you date others, this or that? So it wasn't like they were in a happy place when he kissed someone else. And then afterwards, the reason why he wanted to confess is because not only did they get, they got back together, they, they they reconnected their relationship, and he was like, "Oh, just so you know, I this happened," and and, and then all of a sudden, it he, he didn't get the right response he wanted. Why did he confess in the first place? Says he's you know waking up, uh, panicking, thinking he's going to be outed, so he just wanted to clear his conscience. Again, this is for a kiss. I always want to like, you know at least try. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And then it's not meant to be. So I went in and clearly had a very bad strategy about it, bringing the journal and all that kind of stuff. So it was going understandably really poorly. And I was getting kind of flustered because we just could not, it, it never seemed like, you know, um, both sides were on the same page with like what they wanted out of the conversation. So at that point, I felt like I was just 
worn out stream, swimming upstream trying to get some semblance of I want to work this out or I want to end up with you. And it just kind of hit a breaking point for me. I think in the scene, I walked out a couple times. It was yes. because like I wanted to gather myself, gather my thoughts, not get emotional, avoid getting into any finger pointing as much as I could and try to come off, off you know, like and get the message across like, hey, I want to work this out. I want to find some ground where we can walk away with her saying, you know what, you effed up but I want to work through this or I'm not done with you yet. Let's see if we can work through this in the next couple weeks, next couple months, whatever it took. And I don't remember what she said, but it, it just struck a nerve where I was like, okay. And I may or may not have been correct on this, but at that point, I think I kind of like just had the thought in my head. Okay. This is nothing more than, kind of a crucifixion or at least that's how it felt at the time so I was like I'm done here I walked outside I called my friend who you was ripped encouraging your mic me to, off. <laughs> yeah I ripped my mic off I called my friend I said look I really wanted this to work out it does not seem like that's in the cards um you know should I should I just walk out of here and he kind of talked me off the ledge, just kind of said, hey, you know, just just see it through, just see it through. You know, you never know what will happen. Turns out I was right. It, you know, was headed towards the uh, towards ground zero. But I'm glad <laughs> I saw it through. I'm glad I didn't didn't just leave her hanging or anybody hanging on that. Um, when yeah, she wasn't was, like, was really she was tough. pretty adamant about not being together. It seemed like it, it. she went in there with a mission and you guys weren't seeing eye to eye on anything. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, of course, except for yours and a couple oh, of great Tano. ones, but Bachelor Rush Hour. it's, I'm, I'm sure some part of her, maybe if I came in and just started begging and maybe maybe there was some way that she would have been open to it but watching it back I certainly think what you think where I don't think there especially after seeing that you know her and the other co-star had a conversation before I got there which I was not savvy to or what she said on stage before I came on at AFR I don't really think there was any way that we were going to walk out of there together but you know i'm glad i went in and tried hey i commend you for that you know yeah so then he says how bad can i make you look that's how it felt to him like how bad are they going to make me look and the truth is that's exactly what the producers were going to do how much of that has uh how much of that is something that um you know rachel co-signed is a different conversation in the situation where I already did my stupid thing. Um, knowing that what I did was to a lot of people, pretty gray area or not even something wrong and getting the electric chair for it on national TV. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say <laughs> I would have done everything. Like, I mean, the, the you know, that is was so, so absurd. Like, it's just, it's like, oh like God. the, the, like 
good person in me wants to say like, oh, you know, like, and I am like, I'm really proud of myself for having that conviction to be like, look, I don't know what you did. You know, like, I don't know if what you did was definitively cheating, but it wasn't cool. And if you want a future with this girl, you should tell her that way you guys can move forward and not have this like lurking secret that could come out at any moment. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you should just tell her because she deserves to know. And there it is. Were were they on a break or not? This is going to be the big topic of discussion. Now, I'm going to have Tino Franco on my Driving with Dave. And for sure, I'm going to I'm not 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 going to push back in any sort of controversial way, but I want I want some more color commentary around what might have happened that made him think they weren't together because it's like I think it's important he shares his side of the story, you know. We're so protective of the leads, but he is a human being and his story, I mean obviously he got treated as if he was like you know, almost like a Tom Sandoval scenario, which was so much more sinister than what went down with t- with Tino. So he's done a lot of therapy. He's ready to talk. We can't wait to hear from him. We'll have him in a few weeks. And I also got confirmation that Justin Glaze will be our next Bachelor alumni on the Driving with Dave. So very excited to interview him. Lots of good things coming up. So thank you to all of our new listeners. If you found us at uh, New Day Northwest, is that what it's called? New Day Northwest, the only and best local talk show. I popped my morning talk show cherry today. Um, I'm going to wrap up here, though. It was a fantastic time meeting everybody over there on the set at King 5 NBC. Such nice people. And again, if you're looking to come out to the show tonight, I have last minute uh, discount code if you are in Seattle and on the fence uh, to go buy tickets. Uh, go to Cat. Oh, geez. Oh, there's a link in the comment section below, linktree.com slash Dave Neal. If you type in the code Dave, you'll get a discount on your tickets. Just got that alert from the comedy club. So excited to meet everybody tonight. Definitely come hang out afterwards. We're going to do a meet and greet, and um, I can't wait to see all of you guys. I got special stickers, driving with Dave Koozies, so much more. It's gonna be a ton of fun we'll see you guys later i'll be back tomorrow i'm dave neal and this was bachelor rush hour